Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to the Social Dot In podcast. I'm your host Pradeep, and on this interview episode, we're in conversation with Rajeshri Sai. She's a serial entrepreneur, the founder of Zupa and of Impactree. She talks to us about social entrepreneurship, about failure just not being an option, and about changing your business model. Let's jump into the interview. Hey Rajeshri thank you so much for sitting down with me we're just getting back from the lockdown so obviously you must be busy but thank you Absolutely thanks a ton Pradeep for having me um and it's a real pleasure to join you today on your podcast considering that uh, we connected after so long and it is uh, I think it will be an interesting conversation for us Okay first question talk to us about Zupa Uh so Zupa was formally started about 10 years ago and it was started um as a first entrepreneurial venture that we all together as a family started. Um so the co-founder I'm the co-founder of Zupa and I look after partnerships and finance. We are an electronic hardware company in that sense. Mm-hmm. We have a manufacturing facility in Chennai and we primarily work for electronic control systems for um Uh, drones and automobiles wow. um it's been an interesting journey so far we started off very differently from where we are today uh, mm-hmm. but that's what we do currently and uh, my dad and my brother are the mm-hmm. co are the main founders mm-hmm. of and be the brain behind the technology of the company nice so can you talk to us about funding and changing your business model Absolutely I think um, you know when we all started somewhere around 2008 we all were first generation entrepreneurs and we really put in the money that we had when my dad came back from abroad and we as a family relocated to Chennai um mm-hmm. so it's been a series of change i mean like we initially were a steel company which year was that So it was around 2007 and 2008 we initially okay. started working as a steel trading company in India okay. and at that time the market was good my dad had just come from abroad he came with an understanding of the market unfortunately right. we hit recession just yeah. when we made some pretty pretty steep investments in the industry so yeah. uh, that's when we had to quickly reorient to understand yeah. uh, what we would be doing and how would we come out of those losses that we had got into right. and at that point of time my brother was in ninth standard and he won the iit oh. tech fest in an oh. aeromodeling event Okay. So that's where it all started where we realized that his design could be launched as one of India's first aero modeling device which didn't require so much fuel power that time fuel models was in the uh, craze at that time so we introduced right. electric aero modeling in India. So we right. quickly you know used eBay got it up we were one of first uh, India's uh, largest retailer at a one point of time in 2012 13 wow. for wow. electric aero modeling in India. and then competition started coming in because when you become largest there are a lot of people who start following you right okay. so yeah. we have the market got flooded and then slowly at that point of time drone uh, banning also started happening in various points of places right. we were in uh, we were re- quickly reoriented our business to look more into applications that drones could be used for and not civilian applications i'm talking about large area surveys a uh, pesticide spraying a more b2b market that we felt right. that we could get which was incidentally the area that was permitted and not that regulated at that point of time right. so we changed and that's when we raised some uh, considerable first round of funding from some hnis to right. really orient our uh, business to go into a b2b segment mm-hmm. um unfortunately for us uh, or fortunately now on hindsight uh, the year that we actually reoriented and took in funding uh mm-hmm. 2014 or so third and then 14 15 drones right. got banned in india completely so right. you had complete ban on drones to either 
use drone technology in um, India, all across India, whether it's B2C, B2B, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we had investors literally breathing down our throat or really wanting to understand when is it that we're going to be able to turn around. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, and we had the bank also asking the same question. So it was not right. a very easy time for us. And yeah. I think it took us about a year, year and a half from there to start mm-hmm. reorienting our business. So mm-hmm. we went a lot. We understood that the automobile segment was something that we could readapt our technology pretty easily for. Right. So we worked at readapting our technology and we mm-hmm. started launching, um, you know, vehicle tracking systems. At that point of time, the policy support for vehicle tracking systems through your Nirbia scheme was also pretty decent and was growing and the awareness was growing on safety. And right. hence, we reoriented our business for vehicle tracking. There was some setbacks over the last year for policy going front and back and front and back. But I think we've slowly adapted and we have now gone beyond vehicle tracking and we were doing pretty well in terms of even entering the drone segment and drone control system. And now we have the corona. So So I think it's been pretty interesting. Now we have again remodeled ourselves because, you know, we have 40 people who are there in our facility. I have two facilities in manufacturing. But Mm -hmm. the uh, best part of it is because uh, the core technology and the patents are developed by us Mm in-house. We are able to quickly adapt it to another situation. So um, that has allowed us in a brilliant technical team that we have. We've Mm -hmm. been able to quickly readapt to working in the medical device space. Mm -hmm. So we've just, as of last week, launched a temp to cloud solution, which Mm -hmm. is a thermal scanning device linked to your phone, which will directly upload all the data when it comes to temperature sensing that, you know, you need to monitor whether you're a factory for compliance purposes or whether you're an office for compliance purposes, or Mm -hmm. even if it is for frontline workers, right? So our device allows three feet of distance between the Mm -hmm. person measuring the temperature and the person who's getting his temperature measured. And Mm -hmm. the data once recorded directly can be linked to their ID card and uploaded on the cloud. So in that sense, once it's uploaded, it almost creates a geo map across where all planning has happened. And it considerably eases compliance for entities and helps in the, the medical field also because it reduces exposure for frontline workers. Yes. So in that end, I think uh, we have now started moving in that. We've just got initial orders. So I think it's looking good. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> okay, so I know from talking to you that you're a very socially minded person. Can you talk to us about Impactry? Yes, so I think um, Impactry really started as my, I mean, it culminated from my passion of always wanting to be the change I wanted to see. Uh, So uh, if you know me from my early days, I was a social activist and I pretty much campaigned for the RTI, campaigned for the National Rural Employment Guarantee Act at that time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, worked on turtle conservation and across moved into civil society movements, industrial waste movements, environmental protection campaign really, and I've walked considerably across India on being an activist. But somewhere along the line, uh, my family wanted that we, you know, everyone, all families do, right? You go through education and you get a degree. So all of that happened. I did economics. And incidentally, that's how we met. I did CS2 and then ECS. And then I went on to do my law also. But all through the journey, I think somewhere, you know, um, I was really looking at converting my passion and working back in the social sector. Right. So I think 2011 was defining for me because, you know, I was working that time in a listed company and, uh, you know, I was uh, in a considerably decent position when it came to secretarial and legal compliance department there. But uh, because of 
the slow uh, recessionary market, then we didn't have much of work, right? Mm -hmm. So at that point of time, um, you know, Zupa was also starting and we were in the initial days and struggling. But it was a defining moment when I got selected to be a part of the Jagrati Yatra. So right. that's a train journey where 450 entrepreneurs are chosen across the world to go yeah. on a train journey 15 days across India. So that's where I decided or rather challenged myself saying if I get through the Yatra and the selection process, I would quit my job. Right. So for my end, luckily I got through. I quit. Right. And then along the way, as Zupa matured, I found, was trying to find a way to go back into the social sector and do something more constructive. I was a part of a few volunteering organizations which started up then, but then I focused, I wanted to really work at the grassroots. Right. So uh, Impactry started with that passion. We right. Our mission is to positively impact uh, 5 million people by 2025. And wow. we are right now, um, you know, we are just close, somewhere close to about a million right now in terms of actually impacting people. Well, uh, okay. And how we do that is through social data. So mm. when we worked with large number of um, donor agencies, whether it's UN, um, USAID, UNICEF, or international corporates such as Aviva, or, uh, you know, various Fulitrin, various other clients that we've worked with and also yeah. non-for-profits at that end. We see a large problem that everyone faces is that the strategy for social development is often built from a top-to-down approach. Right. So generally, it's something the donor defines, then something the organization follows, and it just gets mm -hmm. implemented. Mm -hmm. But the issue with this is there's no real-time exchange of that data across the board. Okay, right. so it happens once in every six months when they review it. But six months is too late because by the time you've already implemented a program in the field mm -hmm. and your results are already frozen, if your program whole period is one year, you've right. gone, you can't make any change in the program, right? right. So right. we've been working with technology very smartly to work with grassroots implementers. Mm -hmm. And through them, we basically work with them to collect the data. And mm -hmm. then once they collect the data from a bottoms up approach, we help organizations design strategy or campaigns for scale. So I'll give you a small example of that to make it more tangible. Mm -hmm. uh, when we worked with a large conglomerate, which was working in a very backward district in Maharashtra, right. that corporate was working for five years in mm -hmm. supporting, uh, you know, running medical camps for women in uh, pregnant women in that right. district. Right. But, uh, you know, their hypothesis was that women institutional delivery was low, leading mm -hmm. to a large number of infant deaths in that wow. district. Mm -hmm. But when we went there and we worked with grassroots workers and this they had arrived it with some decent research work on themselves. But when we worked with the grassroots people, we allowed them to use technology to send us back data where no one was interviewing them. They are just filling forms online and sending it. And, you know, we're doing some qualitative bits, but, you know, there's a lot of freedom for them to actually communicate what are some of the challenges they're going through. Right. We did a survey with over 3000 people. And we realized institutional delivery was decently high. The larger mm -hmm. challenge was um, underage, but near majority marriages. So if a girl mm -hmm. is close to 18, she was getting married between 15 to 18 years. Right. And before 18, uh, we realized that if uh, typically if a woman had a child between 18 to 20 years of age, she had a 75% chance of miscarriage because mm -hmm. of, you know, her body is not ready. And anemia was also very highly prevalent in right. that. District. Right, right, right. So that these two things change the whole perspective, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, it's no more medically uh, a government problem or an institutional problem, but something you have to work on the grassroots. Right. And now we're working with the uh, corporate to work on livelihoods there. 
So because you know when you tell people anemia, it has to be treated with tablets, but people don't have money for that, right? Yeah, so right. then if you work on livelihoods and socio-cultural change, it might take you a little longer. Mm -hmm. Eventually, it will solve the root causes and help them move towards a um, more, uh, what do you call, a better future. Understood. So you have technology in your genes, so to speak. How are you using technology in Impactree with the SaaS platform? So the SaaS platform, currently, we are just about going to launch it. And then how we're using it is we realize that, uh, see, there are a lot of pieces that we've been working on when technology and the social data interface for a long time. Our right. SaaS platform, which we hope to launch in the next six months or so, is aiming to connect these pieces and connect these dots. All mm -hmm. the way from, um, you know, uh, from the way the collection happens to the way analytical happens. And finally, through the way decisions are taken on ground, we yeah. want to cover the entire log. And why us or what is so special about this SaaS platform, which is not there? Well, it is more about the algorithms that we have developed or the understanding that we have developed over a period of time of working almost six to eight years on the ground. You know, we have done assessments with over to 11 to 15,000 people across six states. So right. through this, we have a very clear understanding of, you know, what are some of the, um, you know, challenges, what are some of the important correlations that would need to be looked into the data to, you know, really develop that strategy. And right. even in the Hunger Collective, like uh, a pretty recent intervention that we have done right now in collaboration mm -hmm. with CI Matrix and Educo, you know, feeding rations to over 60,000 people across India right now in the pandemic, we've mm -hmm. developed a tech platform running mm -hmm. a bit on our algorithms where it allows us, it is so simple that people who have been homeless sitting in front of ATMs in cities right. have right. been able to access my platform and tell me what is their need. We've right. been able to authenticate the data and also deliver it. Nice. So that is what we're looking at culminating it into the SaaS platform, which will two main advantages would be A, we would reduce, um, you know, the data would become more real time for organizations. Right. Their decisions would be more bottoms up driven approached. And in terms of cost, it would reduc reduce the cost of such assessments or the data monitoring that NGOs routinely incur by mm. almost 50 to 60% of their current. All right. Okay. Final question. Talk to us about you, your entrepreneurial journey. So I think my entrepreneurial journey has uh, been a amazing roller coaster and it's thanks to uh, the extensive support that I get uh, from my uh, family, my parents as well as my husband, in-laws, everyone that uh, you know I've, and my other support system that I have of people staying at home helping me out which actually helps me to go on and right. uh, you know build uh, what we are building. Uh, so I think it's just all of them uh, who have managed to get me here. And in terms of my entrepreneurial journey, I think the simple mantra for me has always been that I'm an I'm a achiever and I'm a really doer. So I can connect people. I can, you know, put things together fast and then scale it up. So yeah. I've always followed my passion and my gut feeling in that end. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have not, you know, uh, been, I've been relentless in terms of achieving something. Once I get fixated on it, I will try somehow to get it done. Right, so right. I think that has been the core because, you know, at every point of time, like, for example, when I did finish CS, uh, the market was very down for us. Mm -hmm. So at that point of time, it got me, it gave me an opportunity to start thinking, okay, now that, you know, I have, you know, and you run through three years, four years, put all that effort as becoming a company secretary, and then you realize that the market is not up, can be a little disheartening. Right. But I think it also gave us some, gave me at least some space to think, okay, mm -hmm. now what? I think now is a golden time to look at what I'm passionate about and see whether it could be made into a business. Okay. So that's where I think I started. 
and honestly it the first and this i tell every entrepreneur everyone who says that you know i'm starting i'm starting and mm -hmm. i tell them that at least be mentally prepared that the first one and a half to two years will be very bad as entrepreneurs you really struggle uh, most of the time your first businesses fail not because it's not a bad idea mm -hmm. but just because i think the way you communicate it and we communicate it and talk about it or you know just there is a gap when we even come to actually fulfilling it and delivering it right because we are also learning the ropes the first few times mm -hmm. so i think that has been a large learning for me that you know it's okay to fail get back up and start going even the hunger collective is something that you know really started with that passion where we said that on 28th of march we said i just said we have to do something right yeah. and yeah. we started that night with feeding 100 people today mm -hmm. it's cascaded to a movement across mumbai delhi satara pune and uh, karnataka parts of mm -hmm. madhya pradesh bihar everywhere where we have fed over 60000 people So are we done yet? No, I think till the lockdown continues, we will continue to feed people and we'll continue to support them in whichever way we can. Mm -hmm. So I think the important thing is that to just remove all the thoughts in your head, start mm -hmm. going, and I think rely on your family, your extended, your mother, father, siblings, husband, and your extended family who support you. Anyone, mm -hmm. uh, so that I think involving them and keeping them as part of the process is important because then they can also understand you and where you are coming from and help you grow. Right, right, right. Okay, so failure is definitely not the end. That's what you're telling people, right? Yes, I wouldn't say it's the end. I think you have to. It is hard, but somewhere you have to. After it that happens, just take some time out and think now next what. because that becomes very important and i think at every point of time you are going to be challenged because um you know and this lot of people tell me you know that as an entrepreneur uh, someone recently in fact told me that i think out of this pandemic most entrepreneurs will survive and right. i think right because you know we've um, failure for us is a part of what happens if yeah. not this next if not this next right. i don't think and the, believe me one of the only things that will keep me trying is i don't want to go back to a 9 to 5 job <laughs> i've been there i don't like it and i don't think after so long being an entrepreneur will i ever fit in that profile again Right. So I think uh, that keeps me going because I know, and then you're uh, that I have to do something for myself, and there are people who depend on me. Mm -hmm. So I think it's also a time I I honestly feel that in uh, you know like the recession of last time, the pandemic is an opportunity for all of us to reinvent ourselves. Right. We are reinventing um, Impactry also because you know like Zupa went into medical equipments. We are going into digital platform for surveys because yeah. I think we have to do. It challenged us to do something new, and it challenged us. that we were before you know because there was just so much work happening we never had the time to take out or really see how can we reinvent ourselves right. and i think now we are reinventing because we, we have. have an opportunity in that mm -hmm. end awesome thank you so much for sitting down with us how can people connect with you so you can reach out to me at uh, my email id it's mm -hmm. r a j a s h r i rajeshree at mm -hmm. impactry i m p a c T R E E dot in, so it's Rajeshree at Impactree dot in, okay. or I'm there on all social media platforms as Rajeshree Thai. Uh, so you can connect with me through Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, okay. I honestly don't know more platforms than that. Not yet on TikTok, right? Oh no 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 no! I can't <laughs> understand that. Call me old-fashioned, but I can't. <laughs> okay, thank you so much, Rajeshree, and all the very best. Thank you.
Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please go over to your podcast application of choice and subscribe to the Social Dot In podcast. Give us a five star rating, and we will see you guys in the next episode.